Hey, welcome to the Dossier Podcast with your host, the publisher of the Dossier, Jordan Schachtel. Today we're going to get right into it about the Ukraine and Russia war and what should the American position on the war be? Is there some kind of uniform view that people who dearly value American sovereignty, what, what kind of view should they hold on the conflict? How much should America get involved? Um, and since the beginning of this conflict, I've seen a lot of folks in Washington, D.C. insist on this series of ideas that Ukraine is basically like the, it's an American state and, and it must be supported at all costs. But I would like to remind you, the listeners, that you have the right as an American to opt out of this, to even advocate against it, to even reject the narrative coming from your own government. And none of that makes you anti-American. In fact, in my view, that makes you pro-American to question all of these narratives. What I think these regime operatives in the Uniparty are trying to do with regard to this war is that they're trying to get everyone stuck in a position where they have to forcibly support it. Um, they have to continue to support the tens of billions of dollars flowing through Ukraine, the dismantling of the U.S. military, because Ukraine's under attack and that's the right thing to do, right? But the Ukraine-Russia story is not a black and white story. There's a lot of gray area in between. There's a lot of competing narratives. There's a Western narrative. There's a Ukrainian narrative. There's a Russian narrative. And there's kernels of truth in a lot of these narratives. There's also deliberate falsehoods being issued by a lot of sides. So when you see an American or British intelligence chief telling you that Russia's running out of weapons and we're just, you know, we're on the doorstep of, of pushing them back. We're on the doorstep of victory. Well, they said that six months ago and they said that for 20 years in Afghanistan that we were very close to achieving our objectives. So to me, these people have no credibility. And the message I'd like to get through today is that these people are not representative of American patriotism. American patriotism comes in the form of, if God forbid one day this country is invaded, that people step up to the plate and defend their land, defend their country. That has nothing to do with what's going on between Russia and Ukraine and other powers in this proxy conflict that's continually escalating. The idea that we have to support our government's position is absurd. If anything, I think what the Biden administration is pursuing is anti-American. What these think tanks, these neocon and neolib think tanks in Washington, D.C. are pursuing is anti-American. If you remember, the past 20 years of wars overseas, the trillions of dollars spent, the thousands of American lives lost, has devastated our country. The idea that we need to be forcibly 
um, pushed into another conflict is, is absurd to me. And I, I think it's really important to not debunk, but question. Like, you don't need to have all the answers, too. Like, the idea that when... I get this all the time when I'm writing about this issue. And uh, let, let me be clear with you that, that my view is that Ukraine is healthiest as a buffer state. I, I think that that is the ideal American position on Ukraine. But people are free to disagree. I think that in an ideal situation, the, uh, the, the country is kind of split between East and West. And that has been the case since the modern state of Ukraine's inception until 2014 when all hell broke loose. And we can briefly touch upon that. But in my view, the Western powers in 2014 decided that we couldn't have this pro-Russia regime in Ukraine anymore. And we're just going to kind of like push them away. So this came in, for, in the form of the, this quiet revolution. All of this sketchy stuff happened. Next thing you know, the president of Ukraine is fleeing to, to Russia. Um, and he's kicked out. And then... You have um, Poroshenko elected, then Zelensky is elected. And I'm not questioning the legitimacy of these elections. Um, there was just a lot of sketchy stuff that happened before uh, before 2014, or before 2022. The idea that this conflict started in February of 2022 is preposterous. And that doesn't make you an agent of Vladimir Putin to, to come to that uh, position. It's, it's ridiculous to say that. The, the truth is the truth. And sometimes one side is, on, is closer to the truth than the other. But again, just because the, I, I think that the Russians do have legitimate grievances, so do the Ukrainians, of course. But the Russians have legitimate grievances. And you have to remember that um, this was the position of even the Obama administration was that Russia is probably going to have more influence in Ukraine. Um, then, of course, everything changed with the revolution and the kind of like civil war situation that's been happening on the Russia, Ukraine and in those border regions since 2014. But the idea that, like, it might not even, it's, it's probably not even in Ukraine's best interests to be so close to the West. There are some realities of geopolitics that are not, that people would be wise not to ignore. And this is where I think Zelensky is making a fatal mistake by going all in on his Western backers and completely ignoring his much more powerful neighbor to, neighbor to the East. And... Lots of folks like to counter this by saying, well, we have to take into account the morality of the situation. And while that's true, you can't just ignore the pieces on the chessboard. I mean, if there's 
uh, if you're playing chess and, and you're you know you're you you're only a a mediocre piece and there's a queen on the board you need to strategically navigate around the reality that there's a queen on the board you can't just say like well that's unfair that russia has thousands of nukes and we have none so screw you it's unfair like we're just going to complain about it we're going to shake our fist and say that we need moral support we need billions of dollars we need weapons and that's the way that i see where the Ukrainian um, regime is at right now is that they're just uh, hopelessly in this terrible ideological position that first and foremost is hurting Ukrainians. This idea that Zelensky can continue to just bang the table and demand that, say, the Russians leave Crimea, which they annexed eight years ago, and which the people of Crimea, they want to be part of Russia. So this idea that like Ukraine is going to get like the, the the Ukrainian demand right now to start negotiations is that Russia gives up Crimea. Uh, how is that helpful? Who is that helpful to? Are the Ukrainians living in the suburbs of Kiev? Are are they are they are they happy about that convert? What what Zelensky is doing? I doubt it. But unfortunately, the Ukrainian government has basically banned all opposition media and all opposition political parties. So we really have no idea what's going on, how many people support what the government is doing there. But I think it's shocking to watch that Zelensky uh, was wildly popular. And now Ukraine's really been torn apart into two nations. There's the nation on the border region and in Crimea that seemingly wants to be more part of Russia than they want to be part of Ukraine. And these are people only uh, 30 years ago that wanted to break off from the old Soviet Union and become an independent and, and modern state. But it's clear that I think sentiment has changed. And a lot of folks sadly have given up on the Ukraine project. So that opens up another conversation in Ukraine about what's more important, the sovereignty of the individual or the sovereignty of the nation. That's another discussion worth having. And having that discussion doesn't make you a Russian agent. I think if 95% of the people in Nebraska said they don't want to be part of the United States anymore, I think that they have the right to try to do whatever they want. You know, That's the, the whole point of self-government is if you have the the people in this area want to set up a government that protects their rights, they're free to try. So that's why when I see that these, these certainly disputed referendums happening, I think people would be unwise to be so quick to try to delegitimize what's going on there because there's a lot of resentment the Ukrainian government has left no room for um, for contesting what the government is doing. You know, they kicked out all the opposition politicians. They banned the opposition television channels. They're canceling Russian culture. And a lot of the folks in the country's east um, are closely associated with the more Russian dominant heritage. So they are being persecuted and targeted.
And of course, a lot of Russians that uh, on the other side of the fence, they this is the way they understand Ukrainians, is that they are an inferior um, Slavic cousin. So I, I think that when Americans are discussing these issues, feel free not to put yourself in a box. Like, I don't believe Putin is the next Hitler. I think Putin is certainly opportunistic about this situation. And I think Russia both has legitimate grievances and is seeking to capitalize on gaining strategic resource-rich territory. But no, I don't think Russia in any way is going to march through Europe. I don't think that that is even remotely within their calculations. What I think is happening right now is that Russia is targeting populations in Ukraine where they feel that the people either support a change in flags, want to be part of the more powerful entity, which isn't particularly surprising. Life could be a little better. You know, the average Ukrainian is very impoverished. So why not change flags? And some people just don't care. Some people say, you know, life isn't great. Not a big fan of these Russians, but I'm not going to die um, in this contest between in this proxy war. But unfortunately, both sides now have have mobilized um, significant amount of their young male population into this war that I, I think there's just the people um, are being that's the reality of most wars that people are just being sent to their death for no reason um, because the, the folks in power have objectives that need to be accomplished with ground troops um, but objectives that are mostly to fulfill the goal, their personal goals and the goals of their elite group rather than like the interests of the nation. And that's exactly what's happening with how the Biden administration is prosecuting the war in Ukraine. This war, the U.S. has allocated, I believe, close to $100 billion now. And one of the biggest stories here is that we are dismantling our own military that is supposed to protect our country and we're giving all these weapons to Ukraine. It, it's insane to me that that's happening. It, it, it's shameful. So the people that say that we need to support Ukraine because it's some kind of American uh, interest, it, it, it's always been nonsense to me. I, I, I think that now more than ever, after 20 years of awful wars, um, that didn't do anything to impact to positively impact the quality of life of the average American, that people have the right to reject this stuff and even oppose it. And by the way, this opens up a whole new can of worms is of you can ask the question, why are relations with Russia so crappy right now? And a lot of it Sure, some of it has to do with Moscow antagonizing um, certain U.S. entities. But the blame isn't only on Moscow. 
I mean, the, the U.S. government probably just was chiefly responsible for blowing up a, a, a Nord Stream pipeline that was going to bring in billions of dollars in revenue for Moscow. So, so who was escalating here and who is not? Um, unfortunately, it seems that things that are, are only going to get worse. But the idea that you have to be uh, intellectually and morally drafted into this war effort to support the, this ridiculous war in Ukraine is nonsense. I, I think supporting what our government is doing right now in Ukraine is immoral. Uh, not just immoral for the people of America, but actually immoral for the people of Ukraine. Whether or not they even are supportive or unsupportive of it, Ukraine is being destroyed right now. Um, Ukraine is already, before the war, grossly impoverished. I, I believe the poorest country in Europe, most corrupt country in Europe. And you think things are going to get better when they fight a war that their, their country is getting obliterated in and where they've decided to conduct um, it, it, basically what amounts to an ethnic cleansing of a significant percentage of the population that identifies more as Russian or has Rus speaks Russian as their first language and they target people based on that. I think it's insane. You know, the, the, I don't think that whatever is going to become of Ukraine after this war is going to be even worse. And I think that's hard to even argue against. I think it, it, the things are that bad in Ukraine. And what's happening with the money is that the money crosses the, the money is either cash or, or wired um, and it and there is no accounting mechanism I, I've discussed this in the dossier there are zero accounting mechanisms for what happens when the money crosses the border when the weapons cross the border we are completely in the dark arguably you could say by design because that's kind of how money laundering operation works but we are completely in the dark about Ukraine. We have no idea where the money's going. We know the money isn't facilitating. Uh, it, 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 Ukraine is operating as like one of those charities that has 90% overhead. Like sure, some of the money might be going towards the war effort, which I don't support because I think that they should be engaged in negotiations. And no, that does not make me Neville, Neville Chamberlain People need to find a better analogy. Putin is not Hitler. People who want peace are not Neville Chamberlain. It's absurd. It's, it's weak. It, read another book. Find another moment in history. But anyway, the, the war in Ukraine, Ukraine is in a, a tremendously difficult economic situation. And the people of Ukraine... Not their government officials who are taking a lot of money off the top and parking it in their villas overseas, but the actual people of Ukraine are, are struggling big time. And things are only getting worse. Uh, I wouldn't at all be surprised to see the, the, the currency, the Ukrainian currency, completely collapse. Um, there isn't even much, you know, while we offer while the while the US and European countries offer all kinds of rhetorical support you can see that the money's starting to at least slow down i don't think that you're going to see 
any more $40 billion uh, lump sum payments or lump sum congressional bills. I might be wrong, who knows, because they love printing money. They love uh, giving money to Raytheon and Boeing uh, for weapons and whatnot, or, or just stripping them from Americans. Um, but uh, Ukraine is in deep economic turmoil. And the idea that they continue to fight this war in perpetuity without destroying their country is nonsense. So Ukraine is basically Afghanistan 2.0 on an accelerated timeline, just as the Afghans now continue to live in mud huts. We spent trillions of dollars in Afghanistan, right? And it did not improve the lives at all of the average Afghan. Maybe the person connected to the government in Kabul got a lot of money, but that was all bribery. So the, the, the idea of throwing money at the problem, throwing weapons at the problem is only going to make things worse. And again, Americans absolutely have the right to completely opt out of Ukraine and Russia, reject the, the, the DC think tankers, um, confined analysis and claims that if you do not support the war, that you're somehow a Kremlin agent. That stuff is so weak. It's, it's so ridiculous. It's so unimpressive. The, we have... There are no one gets the government they deserve. The Russians don't get the government they deserve, the Ukrainians don't, and the Americans certainly don't have the government they deserve right now. I think it's more than healthy and patriotic to reject all of these ideas. The idea that, um, that, that, that Putin is some kind of like imperial uh, conqueror who's going to be, next thing you know, he'll be in Spain or that Putin is Hitler, or that the, 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 uh, Zelensky is Winston Churchill, all these cringeworthy comparisons. There, there's a lot of gray area in this conflict, and that gray area especially includes what exactly Western powers are doing to perpetuate and facilitate the continuation of this conflict. And while I am no apologist for the Kremlin, for Vladimir Putin, they have plenty of problems in Russia. It's okay to say that the war 5,000 miles away from our eastern shores is not our problem.